all of you in the house of the Lord today. What a privileged people we are to be a part of the church of the living God. Jesus' name, apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled believers, amen, in the Word of God, in the power of God, the presence of God, and to have this great family of brothers and sisters that we can come and worship together, amen. Tremendous weekend we've had, as Brother Richie has already mentioned to you. We're excited about what we believe the Lord have for us today in the Word. If you have your Bibles, we turn to Matthew chapter 8, and uh, we begin our reading in verse 19. Book of Matthew chapter 8 and verse 19, uh, reading through verse 23. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Our subject this morning is simply get in the boat. Get in the boat. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we're thankful for your word. Thankful for the challenges that are given to us. The admonitions through your word that cause us, Lord, to live a more holy and dedicated life to you. We ask you, Lord, that you would illuminate our hearts and minds to receive your word today. Help us, Lord, to respond to your word and to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word also. I thank you, Lord, for this great body of believers that have assembled here today. Pray, Lord, that they would feel your presence, be changed by your supernatural glory, and leave a better person. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. There is a place, I believe, of total uh, commitment to Jesus that does require each of us to get into the boat. As we read here in these verses, there were some, it would appear, at least on the surface, some legitimate reasons while people could delay, uh, while people could take care of other matters. But there was no permission, it appeared, given by Jesus that would add legitimacy uh, to these uh, explanations, these reasons. And he simply said in so many words that if you're going to be committed to me, you're going to have to get in the boat. He then just turned and entered into the boat and his disciples followed him. It didn't say whether or not these others that had presented these reasons for delaying, whether or not they got in the boat or didn't get in the boat. It did say that there was another of his disciples. We oftentimes focus on the 12, but there were many disciples. It was the 12 that was his inner core, but there were a lot of faithful followers of Christ. And these were some examples of that. And so there was reasons given, and yet uh, Jesus did not seem to be sympathetic to their reasons. And he just turned and got in the boat, and the Bible says, and his disciples followed him. It appeared that there was going to be reasons that there uh, could be a delay. There would be reasons why 
uh, people could not follow him at that particular moment and certainly you and I find ourselves in a similar category it seems like there's always something going on in our lives it's it's an amazing thing that you'll you'll see friends maybe you haven't seen in a while you'll say you know we need to get together and they'll say yeah you know we do and it and you, 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 you make up your mind that you're going to do a better job of staying connected and yet our lives are so busy and you part and, and uh, you get back into your routine and then time slips by again and, and it's another several years before you're able to make contact again. And so that's just the way that our culture is, our society is, and we, we live busy lives. And certainly there's always reasons, in our minds seemingly legitimate reasons, to delay that place and that point where we make a total commitment to Jesus Christ. But in the few moments that I have with you this morning, I want to try to convince you that there is no better time than right now to get in the boat and to be totally committed to Jesus Christ and to the Word of God. There are things that I believe are happening around us that are indicators that rapidly we are approaching the second coming of the Lord. I don't know that there's going to be any good reason for us to delay making a commitment to say, Lord, not only will I go to church, but I want to take church in my heart with me every day that I live. Because ladies and gentlemen, you and I are one day, very quickly, going to face eternity. If the Lord doesn't come back, it won't be long and you and I will be in a box and friends and loved ones will be standing around us trying to think of something nice to say. Eventually, everybody here, whether or not we want to acknowledge it or not, we've only got a short time on this earth. The Bible says it's just a vapor of smoke. It's here for a moment and then it's gone. And eternity is an awful long time. Is there any really good, legitimate reason not to get in the boat and follow Jesus today? I say, ladies and gentlemen, while we've got the opportunity, the Bible says to work while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. I believe you and I have got to be totally committed, and we got to say, Lord, whatever it takes, I'm going to commit all of my heart and all of my soul and everything that's inside of me in 2015. 14, Lord, you can count on me. Hallelujah. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to be one that gets in the boat. I'm going to be one that follows you, even when it's not convenient. We had a great Friday night service at our district campground, and Brother Jones preached a powerful message, and, and uh, we were stirred. I was sitting with my family in the audience, and uh, he gave the altar call. It was a strong move of the Holy Ghost, and I went down there, and um, I, I stood down there at the altar with my with my uh, two sons and we were praying together and there was other young men from our church and we went and prayed for those guys and, and then I was back with my sons and I was praying with them and I, I just felt, I know they're only 10 years old, they're kids and all of that, but you know, kids are a lot smarter than we think they are. They can do a lot more than play video games, believe me. That's, that's what they want to do, but they can do more than that. And they take things in and so I, I, was, I was talking with them and I was praying with them and I said, look you guys, here's the thing you got to realize. I'm going to get too old to preach. I'm going to get to, I'm feeling that way about now, but I, I mean, it's going, it's going to happen quick. And you guys are going to have to carry the torch. And you're going to live in a day and age when it's going to be harder to serve God than my generation did. And you've got to make up your mind right now that I'm going to serve God even when it's not convenient. I'm going to serve God even when it's unpopular. If my friends don't like it, you've got to make up your mind right now. 10 years old. 
that this is who I am, and I'm not afraid to stand up for what I believe in. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to get increasingly hard from this day forward, but God's looking for a people. It can be adults, it can be young people, it can be children, but God's looking for somebody that'll say, God, I'll get in the boat when everybody else thinks I'm crazy. I'm making up my mind, Lord. I'm going to follow you, whether it's popular or not. I'm your disciple, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You got to make up your mind. You got to let go of the shoreline. You got to turn loose of those mooring ropes. Letting all the excuses fade into the sunset of yesterday. The justifications, the rationalizations, the mistakes. At some point, you got to turn them all loose. And you got to get in the boat. You just got to get in the boat because the boat's pulling out. You just got to make up your mind and get in the boat. Because when the boat starts to move, you're either on it or you're not. After my 50th birthday in November, I had friends from Bible schools, other guys and their wives and people we went to Bible school with. They were, a lot of them were coming down. We were all going on a short cruise together around Port Canaveral. And one of my buddies was trying to preach his, his uh, service and then fly down. He could get, and get down here real quick. And, and the plane was delayed on Delta and so forth and so on. He pastors in Bloomington, Indiana. And so he was trying to get there. They were radioing and calling. We were all on the boat. We were waiting on him. We were trying to get him to keep the boat there until he got there. And uh, he said, I'm coming. And he had a taxi cab guy flying from Orlando Airport to Port Canaveral, trying to get him there in time. And it was going to be nip and tuck. And boy, we got ready to, and we were all standing there waiting. And he said, here I am. Now we're coming into the parking lot. We're getting into the parking lot. Here we are. We're running. And we're running to the front gate. And da, 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 da. Homeland Security, you know, stopped him there and said, nope, they've already finished up. They've already given us their list of passengers, and, and, the, and the captain's the only one that can let you on the boat now. We can't even let you in the building. And uh, so here we are up on the boat, and they started pulling the, the ramp back, you know. And I said, wait, we got friends that are out there. And the guy said, no. And the officers came aboard. He said, I just came from there. There's nobody in the building. I said, they're at the door. They won't let them in the building because the captain's got to tell them. He said, we've already turned in our list and, and, uh, and the manifest list. And he said, if we make any changes to that, he said, we get delayed and we can't get delayed and everything's figured per minute. And, and uh, if we give them the wrong list, we got somebody on board that wasn't on the list. It's a $36,000 fine per person that the government finds us and blah, blah, blah. And he said, there's nothing I can do about it. And I said, go find the captain. Go call the captain. He said, all right. So we all went inside this little room and he called the captain. And the captain said, there's a guy down there and there's friends are here and blah, 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 blah. And the whole boat now, here we got about three minutes and this thing's getting ready to pull. They've already turned the ropes loose on the side and they've pulled the, the game plank or whatever in it and this thing's getting ready to pull out and our friends are standing down there they've flown from Bloomington Indiana we told them, they gotta be on the boat this is a big reunion we gotta have them here we're not gonna have any fun without them and the captain says proceed as planned you know what that meant your friends are left behind and we're like Fuck. we're waving we're on the boat and they're there on the dock they can't go so they ended up flying down to Nassau, and we had to reunite with them about two days later. They got one day on the boat. They got one day with us on the boat because they did not get there in time. Ladies and gentlemen, the boat's pulling out. You got to get there. I was, I was reading recently about uh, Noah's Ark, and I saw something i never seen before. They got everybody on that boat seven days before it started raining. 
You can't wait till the storm clouds come to say, hey, I think I'll get in church now. I got enough problems now. No, you got to get on the boat while the sky is clear. You got to get on the boat while you still got time. You can't wait till the last moment and say, ah, I think I'll get on the boat. You got to say, Lord, right now, I don't have any excuses that are legitimate. I'm going to get on the boat with time to spare. I'm going to make up my mind, God. There's nothing that compares to following you. Just got to make up your mind that you're going to sail. You're going to cast your lot with Jesus, regardless whether or not it's popular, regardless of the opinions of others. You can't step into the boat and still keep one leg on the dock. It won't work. You just, you, it ain't, it's not going to happen. The hour is coming and now is when the body of Christ will not have the luxury of vacillation. You'll not be afforded the opportunity of halfway salvation. There's, there's things that are blowing. There's things that are happening. There's things that are going on where the Christian world is going to have to make a determination whether or not you really believe this or not. You're going to have to make up your mind that you're going to be in the boat. You're either in this or you're not. It's not going to be, you know, casual Christianity anymore. Not in America. You're going to be forced to make a stand. And I believe that we stand in 2014 at an important juncture. We are teetering on the precipice of eternity. And you and I have got to make up our mind whether or not we are totally committed to this thing or... There's a day coming and it's very close and things are happening rapidly where we're going to be forced to choose in whom we serve. I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm looking at a church that will not offer convictions on the altar of convenience. We will not sacrifice principles for popularity. We will not forsake truth for tolerance. We choose, in short, to follow Jesus. Whether or not it's politically correct, whether or not it keeps all your family members happy, whether or not it's something that makes you popular on your job or in your school or in your neighborhood, you got to make up your mind. I choose to follow Jesus. As for me and my house, we're getting on the boat. I don't understand what all Jesus is saying. I don't know what it all means. But if he's on the boat, I'm going to follow him on to the boat. There's some things, though, you should consider before you board this morning. Number one, getting in the boat will separate you from the crowd. The Bible says Jesus got on the boat and his disciples got on the boat, but that boat left the dock and separated them from the rest of the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, getting on this boat is not what the masses are doing. It is not what the media celebrates. It will not garner you the accolades of America. It may separate you from family or friends. Getting in this boat is a separation process. When you get in this boat, you are going to sail with Christ. But there's going to be most of the others were not on the boat. They were still on the shore. But if you get on this boat, you got to realize that you're getting on a boat where it's going to be the minority that's on the boat. It's not going to be the masses that are on the boat. You are going to be separated. And you've got to realize that when you get on this boat, it's not necessarily going to be what pleases your flesh because in our flesh, we want to be like everybody else. I remember when I was a boy in school, and they used to always ask us, what does your daddy do? 
we all had to tell us what our, all had to say what our dads did in school. And I used to always say, my dad's a preacher, and everybody would laugh in the classroom. <laughs> His dad's a preacher. And uh, I would be like, man, I wish my dad wasn't a preacher. <laughs> and uh, everybody else, you know, had dads that had normal jobs. My dad was a preacher. So I started trying to fancy it up a little bit, and I said, he's a pastor. That didn't help any. And so, you know, I couldn't find a way to make this acceptable to everybody in Central Junior High School and O'Galley High School. And going all the way back to Harbor City Elementary, which is still there on Sarno Road. I couldn't find a way to make this acceptable to everybody. Your dad's a preacher. I say, yep, that's right. That's why he comes to my track meets in a full suit and tie. <laughs> in the month of May in Florida. They'd say, oh, we saw your dad. Everybody knew my dad. In fact, they knew whenever my parents were coming to pick me up because they'd come pick me up from school in the church van. <laughs> I, I wanted to be like everybody else, but there were some things I couldn't control. And I realized that I was on a boat, that the masses were not on. Of course, when you're young, you don't want that. You want to be accepted by everybody. You want to be loved by everybody. Some of us never grow out of that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you get on this boat, it's not going to be what everybody else is doing. You're going to have to separate yourself. You're going to be cut from the herd. Woo, hallelujah. But can I tell you now that I'm 50 years old, that all these years I wouldn't trade it for nothing. I'm glad I had a mom and dad that come to get me in the church van. I'm glad my dad was a pastor that loved the Lord and loved his family and raised me in the principles of God's word. I'm so thankful I wasn't like everybody else. I'm so thankful I got on the boat. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing like making up your mind to follow Jesus. I don't understand everything, but if Jesus is on the boat, I want to just follow him. There's another thing you need to consider. There's going to be storms. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. If you get in this boat, there's going to be storms. Winds of adversity will blow. Waves of criticism will pound the bow of your boat. But the question I ask you today, which is a rhetorical question, is simply this. If Jesus is in the boat, is there really any other place that we can be? John 6 records that at one point, after many disciples and followers of Jesus had turned back, the Lord started talking about how his body was the bread and his, and his blood, and, and people were taking it. In a, in a literal sense, exactly. Thank you. They, it wasn't, they didn't understand the metaphor he was talking about. And so they, they, the Bible even says that they said among themselves, this is a hard thing to receive. And so they turned and they, and they walked away. And, and many of them turned and walked away. And the Lord turned and looked at his 12. And he said to them, will you also leave? And John 6 records that Peter stepped up and he said this, to whom else shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ. That Christ. 
There was only one Christ. And we believe that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. In other words, in Peter's mind, we have no other option. I wonder today, is there a church that can say, I have no other options. There is only one, hallelujah, that saved me from my sins. There is only one that healed my home. There is only one that changed my heart. And his name is Jesus. And I have no other choice. And I have no other option except to follow Jesus and to get on the boat. Because beyond the waves and the storms, and there will be waves and storms, there will be adversity. I'm not offering you a pleasure cruise today that will always be smooth sailing and calm seas. There will be times when the waves crash. And beyond that, there will be times when you feel that God is non-responsive. Because the Bible says that not only was there a great tempest in the sea and not only was the ship covered with waves, but there are four words at the conclusion of verse 24 that says this, but he was asleep. There are going to be times when you feel like that though you have cast your lot with Jesus, that Jesus is not responding to the immediate crisis that you are facing and you are going to wonder whether or not you made the right decision and it's going to appear that the heavens are made of brass and your prayers are unheeded but ladies and gentlemen can i tell you this today that the closer you get to christ the more your flesh has to diminish it has to get to a point where your feelings are not paramount but your faith is greater and your faith supersedes your feeling though i feel like i'm in trouble i know that my redeemer liveth though i feel that i'm by myself I know that he's a friend that walketh closer than a brother. Though I feel like my ship is in trouble, I know that God's going to take us to the other side. Why isn't God answering? You get in the boat, you better be ready for the storm of silence. Oftentimes you will face the storm of silence. You get weary in your well-doing. You feel like God's lost your zip code. Why is he allowing me to go through this? God appears to be missing in action. He's asleep on the boat. I got on this boat because of him. These were the core. These were the ones that followed him. And they said amongst themselves, Carest not thou that we perish. What appears to be a crisis to you is not a crisis to God. God can see several pages ahead than you and I can. His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And God always takes the long-term view where we in our flesh and in our nature take a short-term view. And you have got to trust. Those are the times where you have to walk by faith. And I say to you today, don't be weary in your well-doing. Just stay on the boat. 
Because not only do you have to get in the boat, you got to stay on the boat. Because here's the thing that's awesome about being on the boat. There is peace in the boat. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Verse 26. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how to explain it. In fact, it's hard to put the words together to explain the kind of calm that comes on people that know the Lord. In the midst of storms, in the midst of adversity, there's just a peace that surpasses all understanding people that don't have that, people that aren't in that kind of a relationship with God, they can fall apart at the smallest things. But people that know the Lord, they can sing of His joy even when they've lost a loved one. They can praise His holy name and celebrate at a funeral service and call it a home-going service because there's a peace in the midst of it. I know my dad. I know my brother. I know my sister. I know my wife. I know she sailed or he sailed with the Lord and the Lord has taken them home. And so we rejoice at their graduation. How do you find that kind of peace? Ladies and gentlemen, it does not come from national security or financial security or physical security it comes from having a spiritual security and everything is okay God is on the boat that's the kind of calm that comes in the middle of a crisis kind of peace that surpasses even the perplexity of an insurmountable problem peace like a river the sweet comfort of God that everything is going to be all right. Oh, I feel there's some people in this building today that need that. Would you lift your hands all over this building right now? And would you let the peace of God's love sweep over you? In the name of Jesus. Jesus is still in control. Jesus is going to make everything all right. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I don't understand how it's going to all work out. I don't understand how, Lord, you're going to fit all these pieces together into a beautiful tapestry. But, oh God, I know that you know the way that I take. And when I am tried, I shall come forth as gold. I know, Lord, that I have set my course with you. I have cast my lot with you. I have made up my mind to follow you, Lord. And I trust in you. I hold to that unseen hand. Then finally, verse 28 says something that I believe we should all be reminded of today. It says, and when he was come to the other side. The greatest aspect of getting in the boat is this. You will get to the other side. In fact, it's the only way to get to the other side. The Bible says, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a river that you can swim. It's not a lake that can be transversed with your strength, with your own abilities. You must be in the boat. You've got to get in the boat to get to the other side. It's the only way. It's not like there was a multitude of ships. You had to get in the ship that Jesus was in. 
that was the one that you had to get into. And I believe that beyond the metaphor of getting into the boat as a spiritual ideal, that there are specific steps that you and I can take, even right now, to get in the boat. The ushers are going to pass out these cards to you right now, and we're just going to call these boarding passes. Ladies and gentlemen, we have for you today a boarding pass that if you take it and fill out the correct information, I can get you a ticket on the boat. Woo! Hallelujah! Oh yeah, your boarding passes are going around right now. You got to make sure you got the correct paperwork. You got to make sure you got the right passport. You got to have a passport that says heaven on it. Hello, somebody. I said, you got to have a passport that says heaven on it. You say, well, I got a passport that says USA. No, no, you need a passport that says heaven on it. Because when you travel around the world, your passport lets you know your country of origin. You got to get your passport of origin that says, I know I'm here in the United States of America, but this world is not my home. I'm just a passing truth. Oh, hallelujah. Is there anybody that said, I'm not a citizen of this country. I belong to a heavenly place. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm getting ready to go back to heaven from whence I came. There was a God that breathed into me the breath of life, but I'm getting ready to return to the country of my origin. That's a heavenly place, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you can't get too comfortable down here. So we wanted to break this down so it would be something that all of you could understand. Let's start with the word boat. The letter B is the first one, Bible studies. I believe this word of God has got to be our most prized possession. Everything around us is changing, ladies and gentlemen. But the Word remains a fixture, not only in this natural world, but also in the supernatural world. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but the Word of God is going to stand forever. I believe that everybody in this building under the sound of my voice should either be in a Bible study or should be teaching a Bible study. I was so glad the other day I saw on Facebook, Brother Eddie, that Radica, uh, the... Uh, Vinny and, and Radica Bastone, a couple in our church that, that derive a uh, big semi-truck, do, do long hauls. She said, if anybody wants to teach me a Bible study, I've got some time right now. You can teach me by Facebook. Oh, I thought that's awesome. We got Facebook. We got FaceTime. You can take a Bible study chart. You can teach a 20-minute Bible study to somebody over the Internet. All this technology ought not to be used for a bunch of terrible purposes. We ought to use it to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. You can teach somebody a Bible study at night. You can teach them a Bible study at lunchtime. Oh, hallelujah. All you got to do is go back in that bookstore after church and get you a $5 Bible study that says Insight. It's got a chart. All you got to do is read the scriptures and read the pages to your friends and open up the Word of God together. Last month in this church, 220 Bible studies in the month of February were taught. And our group said, Pastor, we want to go for 300 in the month of March. We believe we can teach 300 Bible studies in the month of March. You say, Pastor, how's that mean getting on the boat? Because when you get in the Word of God, when you get in the Word of God, you are going to prosper in what God desires to do in your life. 
got to get in the book, got to get in the book. You got to teach it, you got to study it, you got to learn it like never before. You got to make up your mind. I want a Bible study, I want to teach a Bible study, I want to learn a Bible study. What can we do? I don't care if you got to form groups or small groups or large groups. Let's get Bible studies going all over this place. Let's saturate Palm Bay and Melbourne with Bible studies. Let's do it on the beach side in Vieira, Rocca, whatever it takes. I wish I could tell you all that's going on, but people are getting Bible studies. Doctors and, and wives and families and professionals all over this South Bavard area, they're all getting in Bible study. We've got ladies in our church that are teaching Bible studies on a daily basis. If we can't get the Word of God in people's lives, ladies and gentlemen, this world, and we got to start with our local culture right here, will be changed by the Word of God. Everybody say Bible studies. The O stands for outreach. Outreach. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to to commit ourselves to outreach. Now God's blessed this church. And it's easy to just come to church and enjoy the services and go home. And I'm so glad that you do. But I want to, this year, First Pentecostal Church, I want to go to the next level. I think we ought to have street meetings. I remember the old days, we used to have an old flatbed truck and a big sound system. We just pulled it up somewhere and just started having church right there in the parking lot of a strip mall. People coming out of a theater. We'd be having church, evangelists, singing, choir, bands. We got musicians. We got instruments. Last year on the fifth Sunday of each month, we'd go out into the parks. I believe we ought to take this thing out beyond these four walls. We got to reach out to people all the time. We got to reach out to people in our jobs. We got to get beyond the boundaries of these four walls. Because ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and some of you say, I, I just don't know why I'm just not happy anymore. Let me tell you why you're not happy anymore. Because you're not reaching out to people anymore. People that get in a church and get critical are people that are not winning souls. A church has got to stay focused on outreach and winning new people. Because if they don't, they all start eating each other. That's why churches will self-destruct because they quit reaching out. We got to reach beyond these walls. You got to reach. I'm going to tell you what. If you're teaching your your neighbors, if you're witnessing, if you're sharing your testimony, you don't have time to gripe. You're too busy involved in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've already got this boat and it's sailing and you're telling your neighbors, come on, get in the boat. Hallelujah. This is the best thing going. Outreach. You've got to keep reaching out. I'm so thankful. Our prison ministry. God bless Sister Patch and her team and, and Brother uh, Williams and, and, and Brother Blackman and everybody that's involved in the prison ministry. They had, what was it, 200 and how many people? Last Saturday night, a week ago, 216 people that were in the prison. All those prisoners gathered together after the service was over. Nine of them come up and said, we want the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God bless Sister Ann Waith and her group. That's down there feeding the people that are homeless over there in Wells Park. You say, well, none of them people are going to say why we worrying about that. I'm going to tell you why. Because the church was designed to reach out. That's why. We're not a country club. We're not the Shriners group. We're not here just to sit on nice pews and enjoy the air conditioning. We were designed to reach out. We were designed to reach everybody no matter where they're at. Go to the drug rehab centers. Go into the prison. Go into those that are home. Wherever we've got to go, we've got to reach everybody with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Outreach is how you get on the boat. Witnessing. Helping a non-believer. Sometimes reaching out is just helping somebody. Just helping somebody. Just doing a favor for somebody that's a non-believer. Giving a track out. Giving an invitation. 
to strangers you meet. We got this Messiah drama. That's a great opportunity to reach out. Some of you grumbling about, well, I don't want to take five dollars. You missed the whole point of it. You know the whole point of having five performances is to reach out to your friends and neighbors. You got people that'll come to a drama that won't come to a service and hear a red-faced preacher spitting his microphone. But they'll come to a drama. That's an opportunity to reach out. Reach out. Some of you still grumbling about the parking lot. Well, like I want to be able to park where I want to park. It's not about you. It's about visitors. For five years, we've had visitors come and leave because there's nowhere to park. So we're trying to design a place where visitors can come and be told, go park there. And some of you that have been around this place for 20 years are mad because I don't want to park over there. It's not about you. You've missed the boat. It's not about that. It's about, can I bring somebody to church? Is there a way for visitors to get in the boat? I'm going to preach it anyhow. You say, well, I always sit right here on the end of this pew. Visitors come in. And sometimes, oftentimes, they come in late. That's okay. We're getting more people on the boat. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about outreach. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody's trying to get in your pew. Move down and give them room. Instead, we get a bad look on our face. We won't stand up and even get down the aisle. We go like this. We don't want nobody to crowd our space and take our pew, take our parking spot. I'm going to tell you what happened, folks. You've lost your joy because the joy is outreach. The joy is in reaching people. The joy is in saying, come on, you can have my spot. I'll go sit somewhere else. This is where, this, oh, I want you to have my, this is a great spot. I've been heating it up with the Holy Ghost for the past 20 minutes. Sit down. I'm going to tell you what, we fill this place to capacity. If everybody in this building got a revelation of outreach, oh, hallelujah. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they smell like. I don't care how many tattoos or if they got braids in their hair. If they're a soul, if they're a soul, God's want to save. Come on, Pentecostal Church. Come on, FBC. It's time to get in the boat. It's time to win everybody we can. It's time to win our neighbors, our co-workers. This has got to be a city of refuge. You're safe when you come here. I said you're safe when you come here. You're not going to be judged. We're not going to look down on our long noses. Come on, somebody. I know we're trying to dress modestly according to biblical principles, but you got to let people come as they are. Come on, let God work on them. Come on, let God work on them. I said, come on, let God work on them. 
because we got some ships that are sailing and the Lord's wanting to know is there anybody else before that trumpet sounds is there anybody else before the ship of Zion then A is altar work this right here this altar has got to be the most important thing that's happening I don't care if it is after 12 You've already got your parking spot. You don't have to run out and see if it's still there. <laughs> altar work. This altar ought to be where everybody in this church is comfortable. You say, well, Pastor, we can't get down there. Well, just try. You'd be surprised how much room's down here. Altar work. We ought to be so comfortable with the altar. This ought to be like our living room down here. Oh, thank God. A preacher finally quit preaching so I could get to the altar. This ought to be a place where you feel at home. Last week I got so excited. I tell you, I felt like the Lord just gave me a glimpse of where He's wanting to take our church. I got so excited last week. People getting baptized back there. People praying. People through in the hallway. They were already in the back room. I've already planned it with Brother Josh Herring. Because on June 8th on Pentecost Sunday, we're going to have a big Holy Ghost rally in this church. And we're believing that 50 people are going to be baptized in Jesus' name. And 50 filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to put a horse trough out back we're going to expand our baptism so two people can get baptized at the same time we're going to make hallways and bathrooms available we're going to put a bathroom in that building over there and we're going to have 50 days of 24 hour prayer you know why because we got to get in the boat i said we got to get in the boat We got to get a bird for souls. If there's somebody down here praying, you can't be comfortable leaving and getting in your car. You got to get to the altar and pray with somebody. Pray with somebody. Can I tell you this? The next best thing to receiving the Holy Ghost is being with somebody who's filled with the Holy Ghost. Altar work. We need an army of altar workers. Because we're going to have so many people seeking for the Holy Ghost. Seeking for a move. Needing a prayer of somebody. Nobody ought to stand. Can I just say it this way? They had a program, you know, an educational system a while back called No Child Left Behind. We ought to have one called No Sinner Left Behind. I feel the Holy Ghost in that. Ought not to be somebody down here praying with nobody else praying with them. Because you're over there getting your recipe dish from sister so-and-so in the foyer. If there's a somebody in the altar, there's somebody in an aisle, there's somebody in a pew, you ought to come every Sunday morning and say, i got to find somebody that's hungry for the Lord. Come on, I'm preaching to the saints of First Pentecostal Church today. You thought you'd been in the boat a long time. You thought you was a platinum member, but God's saying, it's time to get a little more committed. It's time to get a little more involved. It's time in 2014 to say, I'm going to learn what it is to get in an altar and to worship the Lord and to pray for somebody and to believe until the miraculous takes place. I'm going to tell you what, God will answer your needs while you're praying for somebody else. Altar, everybody say altar work. Altar work. I'm so excited about it. We're going to have altar worker seminars. We're going to just make up your mind. I'm getting in the boat. Bible studies, outreach, altar work. And then, oh, hallelujah. The T stands for tithing. I can't tell you how excited I am and how many testimonies we're getting. I can't even put them all in one email or newsletter because there's so many of them. So we're just going to have to spread them out. 
But we are getting emails literally on a daily basis of people saying, I never knew this was going to happen. I never knew that was, that person owed me that this comeback. I never knew I had a pension that was still going to come to me from Jamaica. We're getting so many different reports and things. We can't even put on. You know why? Because people in this church, this great church, has made up their mind. They're going to challenge God for a 90-day tithing commitment. And God has already, He didn't even wait until the end of 90. He starts blessing immediately. You know why? Because if you're going to get in the boat, you got to make up in your mind. It's not about who who I am and what I have. It's about what can I do to bless the kingdom of God. If it's in the Bible, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm going to say, Lord, if this is your plan, if this is the vehicle whereby you're going to bless me, I don't want to be robbed. I don't want to be left behind. I'm going to give God what belongs to Him because if I pay my tithes, if I bless the work of God, you're going to bless my family. You're going to bless my home. Come on, somebody. We're not going to just live halfway for God. We're going to make up our mind. Whatever's in the Bible, I believe it till I die. Stand to your feet right now. Come on now, it's time to sail. It's time for the boat to sail. Come on, you need to get that card in your hand right now. It's perforated. Everybody's got that card. If you don't have a card, raise your hand. Ushers will get you one. Ushers, look around and see if there's anybody that's got a card. Now, just take it and I want you to fold it right there where the perforated line is. You say, Pastor, what's the importance of this? You'll see in just a moment. Just take it right where that little skinny side is. There's a fat side and a skinny side. And take it right there. It's perforated. And then you just tear it like this. Fat side and a skinny side. This one right here, the skinny, you hang on to that. That's going to be your bookmark. Keep that in your Bible. I want you just to be reminded of this all through this year, 2014. We tried to take together the four things that we're emphasizing this year in 2014. Put it together in an acrostic so that you and I can hang on to it in our memory. I know there's a lot of things going on. It's hard to hang on to every sermon you hear. But I wanted it to be something that would stick with us this entire year. And let's just see what God will do. Let's just see what God will do. Bible studies, outreach, altar work, tithing. Come on now. You can get in the boat today. Lord, I'm, you see, why are all those things important? Because every one of those things require commitment. Those disciples that got, on, got into the boat behind Jesus, when all those others turned and walked away, it required commitment. Commitment. That's what I want you to do is hang on to this bookmark right here. Because that's going to be your reminder. Just put it in your Bible. Put it in your notebook. Whatever you got there with you. Just hang on to that. And this here is your boarding pass. If you can put your name and, and your email on it, that's great. If you can't, you just want to turn in an anonymous card, it doesn't matter to me. I just want you to make a step forward today. If, you've got a, if you put your name and email on, on there, we're able to keep up and send you emails and, and, and com continue to communicate our vision to you as we go through the process. Some people aren't comfortable with that. That's up to you. If you don't want to, you want to do it, that's okay. But on the right-hand side, Bible studies, outreach, altar work, tithing, check one of those or two of them or four of them or whatever you say, Pastor, you can count on me. I'm going to be involved in one of these four. If you need a Bible study, just put down there Bible studies and put student next to it. That means that you want to be a student in a Bible study. Whatever you got to do, just check one of those boxes. Bible studies, outreach, altar work, tithing, you got a pen, just park those. If you, if you need something to write with, raise your hand. You need something to write with? 
Maybe your neighbor's got a pen. I got a pen if you need one right here. Does anyone, I don't want nothing to hinder you. Everybody got a pen? You got something you can write with? Oh, hallelujah. In just a moment, we're going to come down and put these cards in these boats right here. Thank the Lord for these boats. Aren't they beautiful? Brother Jimmy made those with his own two bare hands. Blue ones, yellow ones, red ones. He's got more talent than we can even have. Who knew he could build boats? He can build boats. This one right here is a big one. That middle one right there has got lots of room in it. In just a moment, we're going to come down and we're going to put these boarding passes right into the hole of the boat. Three of them, one on either side. Just get your card ready and we're going to come down here and put it in here. And when, the, when you come down you put your card in the boat, I want you to stay here and move to the side. Don't go back to your pew because we're going to have a mass prayer here in just a moment. And God's going to do some incredible things right now. I want you to bring your card because it's a sign of commitment. It's a symbolic march of commitment that, Lord, this year, like never before, it's not going to be just an expression, but indeed, I am totally committed to you. This is what I want to emphasize to us this morning. And then we're going to pray the prayer of faith right now. The first thing I want to pray for when we all get down here is I want to pray for a healing. If you need a healing in your body, I believe God will honor your commitment and your faith. And we're going to pray, we're going to pray a mass prayer. And if you've got pain in your body, we're getting so many different reports of people being healed, Bishop. People are getting healed. People are getting healed at church, and, and, we, and our church has grown. God's blessed us, but we're not able to get all these testimonies to you. But unbelievable things are happening. You may not even hear of it. And then we're going to pray for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And before you leave this morning, it's all, I know you're worried about time. I know I understand. But God can work a quick work. It's okay. And we're going to pray for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, we're going to pray right now in just a moment. And I believe God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost and the power of the Word of God is going to come on your life. You say, Pastor, why do I need that? Because the Bible says, have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. And if the Spirit of Him that raised up Christ from the dead, Romans 8, 11, dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal body. You've got to have the Holy Ghost to go in the rapture. You've got to have the gift of God, the Spirit of God. You can't try to live for him and according to biblical principles in this world without his spirit that's what gives you the power we're going to pray right now you got your card everybody's got your card you got it filled out you're ready to go raise your hand beautiful look at that devil that's a massive army of people you say why are you talking to the devil because he comes to church with everybody else yes he does i want to hold it up high i want to make sure the devil and all his army sees it come on hold it up high right there come on we're getting in the boat this morning all right, let's do it. Come on, walk out now from where you're standing. Come down and bring them and put them in these boats. Put them in these boats. And then as you do, if you don't mind just moving to the side, make sure people got room behind you. Mm. Just come on down. Press over to the sides after you drop your card. If you don't mind, just press over to the corners. The boats are right here in the middle. And we're going to pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. I believe God's calling an army right now in Palm Bay and Melbourne. God's calling an army of people together right now. Come on, we're going to get on the boat. We don't care what the media says. We don't care what culture says. We made up our mind. We're going to follow the word of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've made up in my mind I'm going to get in the boat. I've made up in my mind I'm going to commit myself to the things of God. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, you ought to begin to celebrate. You ought to begin to celebrate. Those of, you that, those of you that got cards, just keep coming. As best as you can, once you unload your card, as best as you can, just move out. I want to make sure everybody gets here. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 
Hallelujah. I feel something powerful happening in the spirit world. Come on, let me give you just a few more minutes for everybody to get down. Those that are in the center, just make a path as best as you can. Let everybody come down. Come on, put it in the boat. Put it in the boat. Put it in the boat today. Come on, we're going to get involved. We're going to get committed. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, cards are still coming. This is beautiful. Cards are still coming down. This is beautiful. Cards are still coming. I believe God's given us an army of some 500 cards. God's given us an army of... In the name of Jesus. This is powerful. This is beautiful. That's it, Brother Dixon. Ushers are grabbing cards. If you can't get down to the front, just hold your card up. Come on, somebody else will take it and pass it down for you. If you need cards, thank you, Brother Saunders. Cards are coming down. If you can't get to the front, that's it. If you don't mind, just hang out in the aisle for just a second. I want us to pray right now. There's power in unity. The Bible said one can put to flight a thousand, two can put to flight ten thousand. The Holy Ghost is already moving right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, are you ready? Here's the first thing I want us to pray for right now. If you're down here and you've got a sickness or there's some sort of a pain that you're in right now, maybe there's something the doctors told you they're going to do tests on and you feel the fear of infirmity coming upon you. We're going to rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. And we're going to pray the prayer of faith right now. If you've got anything that you need God to do in your body, or maybe you're standing here in the place of somebody else that you know needs a touch from God, I want you to lift your hands right now all across this building. Those of you that are down in this altar, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of the Word of God, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and by the power of the name of Jesus, we pray for a healing right now. Hallelujah. Be healed in the name of Jesus. We come against the fear of infirmity. Satan, take your hands off of them. These are the children of God. Be restored. Be made whole. Oh, in the name of Jesus. That's it. I believe God's healing me right now. I believe God's healing me right now. Come on, let him heal your mind. Let him heal your soul. Let him heal your spirit. come against fear. I come against emotional stress and heartache. Come on, lay your hand on somebody you're standing next to right now. Come on, pray right now in the name of Jesus not the Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for a healing. I pray for deliverance.
hands and be healed. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. I want to pray right now for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Everybody right now, I want you to lift your hands up all over this front. All of you that are in this altar, those of you that are in the aisles, those of you that are in the pews. I want you to lift up your hands right now. I want you to begin to pray and believe God right now for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in your life. The Bible says in the book of Acts that when they received the Holy Ghost, they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I believe it is the will of God that everybody in this building right now receive a double portion of the Spirit of God. I wonder right now if you would raise your hands and would you begin to worship the Lord. Come on, begin to worship Him. Begin to worship Him until you feel that heavenly language. Come on, then begin to speak it out. That's it. That's it. An upper room. An upper room experience.